Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Welcome once again to the Words of Jesus series. Don Harris here, your host, and uh, we're going to continue reading what Jesus had to say. In this particular case, he's talking about the commandments and opening them to us so that we can understand them better. Um, now, he's, uh, he continues here saying that um, you have heard that it has been said to them of, by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whoso looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body be cast into hell. If thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Now, let me let me talk about this just a moment. This is a this is a very difficult uh, thing to talk about for a couple of reasons. One of them is uh, the divorce aspect of this. Divorce has always been anathema in the church. Um, I can remember men saying that I would be in better standing with my church had I murdered my wife instead of divorced her. And unfortunately, that's true. We can forgive people to murder, but divorce? Come on. Well, uh, I think you need to understand that um, the the Jews of this day, and perhaps today, I, I don't know many Jews today, but history tells us that they are absolutely, um, uh, history as in the Talmud uh, and, the, and the, the writings of the Sanhedrin, that they are absolutely uh, obsessed with weird ideas about sex. And uh, sorry, my Jewish friends, but uh, if you were versed in the Talmud, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. If you are versed in the Talmud, you're thinking, oh my God, what is he about to say? Because you know the, that the book is absolutely pornographic in some areas and uh, gives permissions to people to do things that are absolutely heinous in those areas. And um, I'm not making any apologies for you. There's none to be made. But the Jews also had this uh, fascination for um, a, an ability to sin and get by. Um, they uh, would constantly take the scriptures and twist them and bend them and so that we can continue to do what we always wanted to do. Um, uh, I think of the, some of the Jewish Nidda laws that talk about you shouldn't be anywhere near a woman during this time of menstruation and these kind of things. Well, it's understood that that's exactly what it means. However, you know, Jews are very fond of saying, yeah, it talks about her, um, that, that you're supposed to avoid her. Um, I think it's, I, I forget what the scripture says, during the day or during the night, but they're saying that, you know, it's, it's one and not the other. Oh, okay, so what you're going to do is you're going to take what is the obvious understanding of the scripture, and you're going to nitpick it so that you can do whatever you want to do. 
Well, Don, that's just so anti-Semitic. Oh, really? You don't know Christians that do this? Really? You don't know Christians that take little verses and, and pull little words out and say this means this and this means this, and it doesn't mean that. The Bible doesn't say anything about snorting cocaine, you know, or whatever other silly thing that people want to do that they're under conviction about doing, so they're going to change what they call the Word of God. They're going to change what they call the Word of God so that they can do it you know, without, without compunction and certainly without any kind of, of uh, disciplinary action in their future. And um, so the Jews, because they want to, essentially they want to please God, but they also have these other desires that are you know, driving them out of their minds. Um, just way too obsessed with these kind of things as far as I'm concerned. Um, they would say, now, let's see, how is it that I can get old Susie Q in bed with me and me married and her married? Uh, that would be adultery. Can't do that. What could we? I know what we could do. We could write up bills of divorcement. As soon as she's divorced from her husband or I'm divorced from my wife, and I'm divorced from my wife, or whatever, then it's legal. It's not adultery. You know what? He's absolutely right. It's not adultery. Because adultery is, is you know, illicit, um, perhaps immoral sex between a man and a woman who are bound somehow by marriage. Well, the divorce decree fixes that. So I can divorce my wife, sure, or she divorce her husband. Maybe there's only one marriage involved, I don't know. But all we got to do is just write a bill of divorcement, and it's not sin. Isn't that great? Well, Jesus is sitting there saying, you might think it's not sin, but it is. All right, let's, let's go on and read uh, what, he, what he says afterwards. Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, commits adultery. And he's saying, no, no, sorry guys. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't just go write this up. What do we think we are, Catholics with indulgences here? No, you can't do that. It's still adultery. Well, they really, that really aggravated it. But as a matter of fact, <laughs> there was a time when a bunch of Pharisees got together and went to Jesus and said, hey, this adultery, or this, um, I'm sorry, this, this divorce thing, can a man put away his wife for any cause? You hear that? This is, this is their practice. This is what they were doing. Can a man put away his wife for any cause? Because there was one school of thought that said, yeah, sure he can. And there's another school of thought that says, no, he can't do that. It has to be uh, according to, as Jesus says, except it be for fornication. Now, do you know the difference? <laughs> this is, I don't like talking about these things, but they have to be talked about. So, do you know the difference between fornication and adultery? Adultery is that illicit... Uh, sexual union between people um, where there are marriages involved. This is a breaking of a marriage vow. This is a, a violation of a, 
of, an, of a vow of marriage between people, whether it's those two people or these two people or one of the, one of the couples or whatever else it is, that's what adultery is. Well, what's fornication? Well, fornication is that thing that uh, seems to occupy a lot of people's time today. And um, it's very much sometimes done in innocence, sometimes done in, in foolishness, sometimes done for love or whatever else their reasons are. But you ought not be involved in it. There's just nothing but trouble. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that, uh, I think it was Paul that said, a man that commits fornication um, sins against his own flesh. And what does that mean? Well, what it means is, is that you're creating uh, certain appetites and stuff that now you've got something else to control without the benefit of marriage. So, you know, don't do that. Remember I was telling you there's some things that are sins against God and some things that are just stupid behavior? There's no commandment that says thou shalt not commit fornication. The, the marriage is protected in the commandments, not necessarily, you know, the stoppage of all, uh, of all sexual activity. Um, I happen to believe that the seventh commandment that talks about um, uh, adultery, I think that it would be, should be, could be better written that we should be sexually pure. Because I think it takes in um, every area of it. And, and as Moses went to explain to the people, all the different circumstances behind all those things, don't have sex with your, with your, uh, with your aunt, or with your mother-in-law, or with your sister, or with your horse, or with any of the rest of these things. Don't do that. I think they all fall into that category of being sexually pure. My opinion, can't say the Bible says so, but that's the way I live my life, and I, th and I think that it works very, very well. Now, Jesus says, except it be for fornication, you can't divorce your, your wife. There are many people who take this to mean that, except it be for adultery, you can't divorce. And so there are, there are women, I know this, this, is, this sounds nuts, but we are nuts. Um, th there are women who are actually waiting for their husband that they have other grievances with. But they're waiting for their husband to commit adultery so that they can divorce him. Under, you know, I guess the, you know, the smiling eye of God. I don't know what they're thinking, but that's what they're thinking. And that if, if their girlfriend comes to them and says, well, you know, you know, me and Bob, we divorced. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, well, it, you know, there was adultery. Well, what? That's, that's supposed to make it Okay. Because there was an adulterous affair involved? No, sister, you're supposed to forgive him for that. There's no, there's no provision in the Bible that says, well, if he commits adultery, why, that's different. No, it's not. It's not different at all. You're supposed to forgive him for that and move on. And, and you, sir, are supposed to forgive her for that and move on. But uh, the, the commandment is protecting a marriage. It's not, it's not just trying to keep us all, um, what do they call that, uh, in, uh, celibate. That's not what it's teaching at all. 
So when Jesus says, except it be for fornication, he was referring to the law in the Old Testament that says that a man has a right to believe his wife when she tells him that she was indeed a maid, she was virginal or whatever, when they got married, and he finds out different, he has the right to annul that marriage. That's all it was saying. That's all Jesus was saying. There's no, there's no adultery clause in, um, in uh, divorce. So forget that. Quit talking that way. All right, so he's talking about um, this uh, um, sexual impurity that manifests itself in, um, in um, you know, different, different ways for different people. And he's saying that if you're involved in this kind of perversion in one way or another, doesn't matter what the perversion is, uh, you, you, know, you can run off and hate homosexuals if you want to, but what they're doing is no different than what some guy is doing to a woman that's not his wife. <laughs> Sorry, but it's, it's still sexual impurity. And so, you know, one's just as guilty as the other. You'd rather not have heard that? Sorry, but that's you're not going to find anything different in the Scriptures. Now, let's talk about something that is the second part I was telling you. This is a very difficult thing to talk about, but it needs to be talked about because the most of the uh, preachers won't do it. And that is when Jesus says, if you find yourself lusting after a woman, that... Um, that you committed adultery with her already in your heart. Now, I know that some of the uh, evangelistic, the more evangelistic among us, they'd like to go out on the street and ask people if they're a sinner, and if they say no, or they say yeah, or whatever. You know, they, they start going through the list of the commandments. And uh, somebody says, you know, I'm a good man. I don't, I don't do anything wrong. Have you ever lusted after a woman? And what's the answer to that question? Of course I have. <laughs> well, Jesus says that you've committed adultery. That guy, whoever said that, I could tell you who, but that guy, he's uh, totally, he's a theological idiot. Well, he's a social idiot. If he thinks that committing adultery with a woman in your mind is the very same thing as doing it. Do you know how many people have gone ahead with their idea because of your stupid idea, preacher? That you told him that he's already committed adultery with her in heart? Well, then what the heck? Well, how's it going to make it worse if I actually do? You don't have an answer for him. You see, you shouldn't have told him that to begin with. Jesus wasn't saying that at all. He was talking about sexual impurity and he was talking about how the mind is the playground for these kinds of things. And you need to take this in hand. Now, you need to stop this right away. Because if you don't, it'll eventually turn into that. Just like hating your brother. It will eventually, can eventually, has the potential, the seeds, to turn into murder. And these are problems. This is what the rich young ruler was so concerned about. When he came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, keep the commandments. He says, I'm doing that. Oh, good. This do, and thou shalt live. Did you know Jesus said that? 
This do, and thou shalt live. But the rich ruler at this particular point in his life was asking Jesus not about the commandments. He did, I don't think he realized that the commandments were going to bring him into eternal life. Jesus said that they would. And he said, you know what? That's really not enough. What do I lack yet? I know something's lacking because even though I don't commit adultery, I want to. Even though I don't murder my brother, I want to. Even though I don't steal and violate the commandment of God, I want to. I don't want to want to anymore. Jesus says, what you're looking for is perfection. King James translates perfection as completeness. You want to be complete. You want to be whole. You know what you want? You want to be regenerated. That's why I'm here. If Moses' law could fix this, it would have fixed this. It can't. It won't. I can fix it. You can be regenerated. You can have your mind renewed. But it's going to take some discipline on your part. One of them is, is as he was saying a while ago, you need to treat your brother better. You don't know how to treat your brother? Treat him like you treat yourself. How about that? You don't mind spending ungodly amounts of money on yourself? <laughs> how about doing that for your brother? Oops. <laughs> See, here we go. It gets, it, gets, it gets difficult if we're not careful. Now what about this adultery thing? If a man looks at a woman to lust after her, here's what I want you to notice in the scriptures. He doesn't say if a man looks at a woman and lusts after her. Like it's a, you know, a, a subsequent value that appears in his mind after he has seen. It's not just like the next stage of having seen. Um, guys will tell you it's, it's almost instantaneous. <laughs> um, but um, it's when you look at a woman and lust after her is not what Jesus is talking about. That happens all the time. And it can happen less and less if you will take his advice and become regenerate within yourself. Paul gives us a great piece of advice. He says, treat younger women like they're your sister. Treat older women like they're your mother. And, you know, I, I extend that to treat, you know, the, the young girls like they're my daughter and girls my own age like they're my sister. And uh, some women are older than I am and they're, they're still attractive. And um, so the idea is treat them like they're your mother. Well, you talk about powerful, that's powerful uh, in, in a man's mind to help him deal with these kind of things. But I still want you to know that because these thoughts pass through your head does not necessarily mean that you have committed adultery or that you have something to repent about. You have something to be sorry for, but that's not repentance. There's hardly anything you can do to undo adultery uh, or undo the thought of it. You know, that's why uh, some of the laws in the Old Testament were punishable by death and some were punishable by remuneration or restitution. Some things can be, uh, you, uh, because you have stolen, you can make restitution for that sin, 
by paying four times or seven times, depends on whatever the thing was. Um, and restitution can be made and things can be paid for, but some things can't. You know, you kill a man. You make a, a widow out of his wife. You make an orphan out of his children. You cut off income to this family. And you, you take a life from the earth. Well, what's the punishment for that? It's death. There's no restitution to be made. Restitution can't be made. You can't fix that. Trouble is that with adultery, it's in that same category. The Bible says that if you commit adultery with a man's wife, he will never be satisfied, though thou bringest many gifts. You can't fix this. You can't. That's why you shouldn't get involved in it. I know, I know what you're thinking. I won't get caught. <laughs> Jesus is saying, yeah, you're going to get caught. You need to be careful. And he's going to deliver you to the judge, and the judge is going to deliver you to the divorce lawyer. <laughs> Things can get bad. They can get real bad, and you caused it. And there's not a thing you can do about it. That's why the penalty for adultery is death. Just that simple. There's no other way to pay. Now, let me talk about something. This is getting... You think that was uncomfortable? Here we go. <laughs> um, Jesus didn't say that if a man commits adultery, if a man looks at a woman and lusts after her, he says if a man looks at a woman to lust after her. You want to let that soak a little while? Is there a guy in the room with you? Is he nodding his head? Does he know what I'm talking about? He knows exactly what I'm talking about. Friend, if this is not a biblical portrayal of pornography, I have never seen it. This is the idea of, of voyeurism, pornography, looking at a woman for the express purpose of lusting after her. That is the purpose in what you're doing. With pornography, uh, invariably comes masturbation. There's something that we don't talk about in church, but it needs to be talked about. Did Jesus talk about that? Sure he did. As a matter of fact, he talked about it right after he said, don't look at women to lust after them. If your eye offends you, here we go. You would do better to pull it out of your head than to entertain that thought, to play with that idea and that image in your head. You'd be better off to gouge your eye out. Well, what's that got to do with masturbation? He continues, if your right hand offending, cut it off and cast it from me. Look, are you offended by what I'm saying? Look, I'm sorry. Run to the kitchen, make yourself a sandwich or something. But I'm going to tell you something. There's a whole lot of guys out there that need to hear what I'm saying right now. Because this is, this is throughout. I, I mean, it would, it would just be almost, it would all be almost just desserts to say, this doesn't affect the body of Christ. Yeah, it does. Preachers are involved in this, and the deacon board, and all the guys that, that are dressed up in nice, Shark skin suit? They don't wear shark skin anymore. And I'm a dinosaur. 
So the guys are all dressed up, going to church, you know, got, got the nice hairdo and the gold rim glasses. They got problems. They got problems. And nobody's talking about this. Nobody wants to talk about this. Jesus wants to talk about it. This is a very dangerous lifestyle. Go to the world about it. And you know what they say? That's oh, healthy. It's good for you. All right. uh, Jesus is not saying that at all. If, you know, perhaps, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about what physical uh, benefits it may have, if any. But here's what, here's what I've found. It is always tied, always tied to illegitimate, illegal, immoral sex. And frankly, I think that you're getting so close to violating the seventh commandment here that you need to run the other way. Like Joseph did, run the other way. The apostle saw, says, you involve yourself in this, you're sinning against your own flesh. Is that the dumbest thing anybody could do? You don't have enough trouble in life trying to control yourself and control your thoughts, control your habits, that you're going to add to it this sexual appetite? If I'm talking to young people right now, you need to know this will almost ensure you're going to marry the wrong person for the wrong reasons. If you're married, this is almost ensuring that your marriage is on its way down, not up. We need to avoid these kinds of things like the plague. And uh, frankly, I'm kind of glad my Lord mentioned these things. Nobody else is doing it. So, uh, you know, the Internet is known worldwide. The United States is known worldwide for being the largest purveyors of, inter of uh, pornography on the Internet. And pornography is a, is a serious problem because it plays on a, on, a, on a human characteristic, just like a hungry man seeing a picture of a steak and potatoes dinner. And, and everybody knows that. And somebody found out that they will pay you to put those pictures in front of their face. And uh, then it just took off from there. Uh, you can you find, you know, the Hugh Hefner types, you know, that talk about what a beautiful thing the woman's body is or whatever else. Yeah, pshaw. We all know what this is all about. Let's just be honest with one another. Your grandma and grandpa probably had the right idea. All right, time is the time for us to go now. Uh, hey, will you do something? I'd love to hear from you about these things. Uh, Don at thinkredinc.com is all you need to do to write me an email. And uh, tell me who you are, where you are, and how you're listening to the broadcast. I'd love to know those kind of things. If you'd like, you can also write to us at Think Red Ink Ministries, P.O. Box 718, Pytown, New Mexico, 87827. Got to go for now. Think Red Ink, friends. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. 
Email don at thinkredink.com. That's thinkredink.com. Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.